Welcome to the Plan Simple Podcast. I am your host, Mia Moran. Moms have the power to change the future, but not if we're stressed out and exhausted. Looking at food, lifestyle, spirituality, and work, the Plan Simple Podcast is for busy moms who want to create a healthier and happier future. Listen in for inspirational conversations and valuable strategies to plan for your best life. Hey, y'all. Welcome to this episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. As this is going live, I am in New Orleans enjoying the Mardi Gras season with my family, which brings me much joy and many memories, and I'm so excited to share this time with them. It's really exciting. And we're visiting my 102-year-old grandmother, who is just the most amazing, most inspirational woman ever. I think she puts on makeup more regularly than I do, so I should probably learn something from her. She always looks top-notch, and she's just so amazing. It's I feel so lucky and blessed to still have her around, and I try to learn as much as possible from her. Now, I'm in New Orleans having fun with my family because it's our school break, but I'm also here doing a lot of interviewing and looking around at spaces because we are having a retreat in June and I'm super excited about that. And a lot of the spaces will be taken from Women in Flow 365, but there may be a few extra spaces that open up. So if you're interested in learning more at this point, you would email our team. You can just email me, Mia at plansimple.com and just put retreat in the subject and let us know that you're interested and we'll tuck away your email and let you know when we know more. But I'm really excited because I'm checking out the hotels. I want to make this a really reasonable experience. Um, And I'm partnering with a yoga studio and a juice bar. And the purpose of this time together is really to create space so that everyone who's there can really tap into their dreams. And then, of course, we're going to make a plan of how we can move into those dreams, move toward those dreams in our summer and in our fall. And I'm just, I'm so excited for this. And we're going to do yoga and we're going to meditate and we're going to go on a walking tour and see the history It is going to be amazing. And it's not going to be in the French Quarter. It's going to be in a different neighborhood and it's going to be healthy and it's just going to be wonderful. I'm so, so excited. So if that excites you, definitely shoot us an email. Now, our guest today, Kate Varnas, I'm so excited to have come across her work, which it's funny. Sometimes I'm like, wait, how did we find each other? But I think we have friends and mentors in common. And somehow her emails ended up in my inbox. And I was reading something of hers that I happened to open the other day. And I was thinking, oh my gosh, the Plan Simple community, my people really need to hear this because here's the thing that I've been hearing a lot of lately, actually. Um, And I think maybe it's just because a group of people who recently are in Flow 365 are in this predicament in this part of their life. And Kate really spoke to me, was speaking to them through this email. So I wanted to get her on and ask her all the questions. But basically what I've been finding is that a lot of the women who have been coming into this work and really leaning into flow 
are in a space in their life where they're facing big changes. So in some cases, it's that the big case is the beginning of motherhood. The big change is the beginning of motherhood. But more likely, it's actually as kids are getting older. And so maybe they're in high school, maybe they're heading out the door to college. But all of a sudden, it's like, wait, what am I doing? Am I doing the work that I want to do? Like, what's happening? And it's almost like this space gets opened up and there's all these questions we can ask. And it's not always an easy space. And it's a really opportune time to make amazing shifts in your life. And I'm just so excited to dive into this conversation with Kate today and really unpack a lot of what we're going through. One of the things she said, which really stuck out to me, so I'm just going to say it now in advance, is I always give people the advice when they're stuck and not sure what to do next to declutter, you know, clean out a drawer, clean out your closet. It's actually always really helped me. But she was saying, especially at this stage when your kids are going off or are have cha- recently changed, gotten into a new phase, it's really hard to declutter that stuff, to declutter physical space if we don't have an idea of where we're going. So it's interesting because I always thought that decluttering helped us like create the space to know where we wanted to go. But hearing her perspective was, was really interesting. So let me tell you a little bit about Kate. She's an author. She's a speaker. She's a coach. She's a professional organizer. She has a business called Greenlight Organizing. We put the link to that in the show notes. And she wrote a book, which I'm currently reading. It will be one of my hundred for the year um, called Who Am I Now? And I highly recommend reading that if you're in this stage of transition and you like this episode. So with not much further ado, I want to get Kate on the show. And before I do that, if you're really liking what you're hearing here on the Plan Simple podcast, I was thinking the other day we need to start introducing the podcast based on the number of podcasts that we're on because we're we're well into the 200s, which is so fun, so cool. So if you like what you're hearing, please go over to iTunes and rate and review the podcast. When you do this, this really helps us get seen. Um, by others so that they can find this material too. All right, let's get Kate on the show. Hello, Kate Varness. Welcome to the Plan Simple podcast. Hello. I'm so glad to be here. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to have you. So I can't remember what prompted me to ask you to be on, but I think it was an email and I think it was more around stuff. But as we've talked, it's been so incredible to understand all the different layers that you relate to stuff. So I'm so excited to dive into this conversation today. So before we dive in though, tell everybody a little bit about who you are, where you are, how many kids you have, all those important details. Oh, so yes, I have, I'm a mom of three and they're teens right now and they're quite close together. So at one point I had three kids under age five. Oh, me too. Madness, right? Like there's a reason why Zoloft was invented. Um, (laughs) lack of sleep. Anyway, so I was stay-at-home mom exclusively and then part-time as my organizing business developed. And as I helped people organize, which I've been doing that for 16 years as a certified organizer and life coach, I saw that it's 
there is a stuff problem, yes, but it's really, there's stuff underneath the stuff. So there's internal and external clutter. And it's fascinating to me. And the key is to clear the internal clutter and everything can line up. I love that. I love that. It's funny because, you know, we're on episode, I don't know, I was looking at the other day. I think we're on over, we're definitely over 200. We're probably like 220 or something by the time this airs. And it's interesting because my story is that I cleaned up my food, which then like went to my stuff and went to my emotions. Like it did all the things. So I feel like everybody has this entry point to like where we start cleaning up our whole world. Um, So it's so interesting to get all these different stories and all these different angles. It's so related. (laughs) I know. It's crazy. So tell us about the three areas that you talk about, because I think that's fascinating um, because stuff is one of them, but tell us the other two and let's dive into that concept a little bit. Right. So this is something I talk about in my book, uh, which is really about life transitions. And, And most people who I've worked with are people who are undergoing a life transition or they're kind of like have undergone one, but they haven't caught up with their their life. So there's three things that you want to have figured out, the skills you need right now, the stuff you need right now, and the help you need right now. I love that. And just to clarify about transitions, it's interesting because what also sparked my interest is that there's a couple people in our community right now who are in the transition of, you know, kids either in the late part of high school going on to college or they've already left to go to college. And I feel like that is a major transition. Mostly I think because we don't realize that it's going to be a transition. So it sort of sneaks up on us and we don't prepare for it in the same way we might prepare for other things. Um, And likewise, you know, when we, I feel like the transition like to motherhood, we might be a little bit more prepared for just because we have those nine months, but we're not really because we're thinking all about like car seats and we're not really thinking about like the many years of parenting ahead of us. So I feel like there's so many different moments of transition in this journey of parenting, right? Like from one age to the next, like sometimes I feel like it's from one day to the next. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. And then like, you know, when you're your girls start experiencing hormones and it's not even time for puberty. You're like, what is this drama queen? Oh my gosh, where's my daughter? Yeah. So I know, um, you know, when I was preparing for having kids, I'd have people tell me all these things and I'd be like, that's not going to be my reality. Right. And you really, you can prepare, but you, things happen. And I think the, the, the preparation the question around having kids that are, are leaving or on their way to leave is how, what happens when it gets quiet? Interesting. I love that. Cause, and, and it's funny, that's funny you ask that because I feel like what we end up doing in my world and my work is we, we are actually forcing quiet. Cause like what I believe is you need to get quiet <laughs> in order to hear your intuition and like what's going on and what to happen next. And I guess that's like, forced quiet, which can be kind of uncomfortable. Quiet's uncomfortable in this day and age that's very loud. Absolutely. Well, I mean, let's, let's be real here. Your kids are coming and they're like, mom, 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 right? <laughs> so, that's your life. You don't, when you have children, they, you need to keep them alive. So yeah. uh, it's important to, to register their needs. And so what that means so often, because we don't have the support 
or give ourselves the support that we need is that our, our needs go to the bottom of the list. We get yep. disconnected, well, disconnected you, with what I, we desire. Yes. Okay. So that brings me to my next question because I read something of your writing that really intrigued me because I find that sometimes my thought is when I'm feeling overwhelmed, then I declutter something and then that opens up space to have ideas. But I believe what I read that you wrote is sometimes we actually can't let go and declutter some of the things in our physical space that we want to if we don't have an idea of where we're going. Like we don't, and, and we have fear of letting go of the past. Is that what you said? Yes. So okay. when I find people most stuck and unable to move forward is often at that transition point where you're like, okay, the best part of my life is over. You know, raising kids, that was, that's my identity. I was the mom, room mom and I was doing this and that. And, um, and now what's my identity? So why in the world would you let go of anything that comes with that identity? All the kids coloring and their um, clothes and their toys and all of that. So it feels kind of like a psychic, um, psychological barrier. Like I can't let go of that because you don't have a vision for what's, what you can be excited about now or in the future. So that's really, really important to stay in alignment because holding on to the past is going to bubble up in some way or another, and it's not going to be a joyful life that you really in your heart desire. Okay, so let's dive into that a little deeper because I think that's super, I, I feel like I probably have told someone just to go get rid of their stuff from the past. So let's dive into how instead of doing that first, you could start by getting to that place where maybe you know what's next. So what steps would you take to start to sort of get to that, like when you're in that quiet space or getting to that quiet space or whatever, what steps would you take to sort of start to figure that out for yourself? Okay, so this is like a radio. So you're tuning your frequency. And as mom, you have not been able to tune your frequency into any station that you'd wanted to tune into. So instead of randomly dialing from one end of the spectrum to the other, um, searching for any signal, what you get to do when there's quiet, when there's awareness, is start to say, okay, do I like this or do I not like this? So it's, it's like I'm sure you do with, with food and taste and all of that. So tuning into your desires is the litmus test. And we can become out of practice with that as moms. So that's the first way in. And as you get to uh, feel what you like and don't like, then the next thing is to be able to honor that. Okay, but that kind of means that you have to be doing things. You you're do. testing. <laughs> you do. You're, you're testing. And it's really about the process. Like trust the process and as be much in the present as possible. So that's a skill. Like a lot of people are so busy, busy, busy that they um, – it feels intimidating to be in the present. But you can do that through sense. You can do that through experimentation. You can get outside your box by doing kind of wild things. A friend of mine just went to a movie by herself for the first time. She had never done that before. Previous to that, she would have been like, oh, well, nobody wants to go with me, so I'll just stay home. But her desire was to go. And so she followed her desire and she honored her desire. Okay, so let's, let's, let's like map out a little situation that's 
somewhat based on reality. I'm putting a few people together right now. But let's say that you have been a very involved mom, right? So you've been the room mother, you've like, you're very involved and you've loved every second of that. Um, you never felt like you could totally do that. So maybe you had like a side job, right? So, or not a side job, but like a side entrepreneurial thing, like, you know, for minimal hours. I feel like I have a couple people in our community who do like an MLM type business on the side mm -hmm. just while their kids are growing up. Don't necessarily love it. So then everybody goes off and you're trying to figure out like what's next. Like, it's kind of like, do I have to work? Do I not have to work? You know, <laughs> what does a day look like? <laughs> like, what are all the things? Like, so, so do you just make a list of all the things that you could try? Like I could go to the movies, I could go on a walk, I could go to yoga. Like how do you, yeah. I feel like we're missing a step of like, like what do you, you know, like what do you do? Cause I feel like it's so easy to get stuck and trying to think through it. Yeah. Right. And think through, okay, what could my next career be? Do I need a next career? Am I supposed to be heading toward retirement? Am I supposed to be moving to Florida? Like, you know, I'm not ready for right. that yet. You know, and it's just like this constant, like, self-talk that maybe isn't moving you, isn't even getting you to the place where you can start to be in the present asking those questions of yourself. Yes. So it, that's the conundrum, right? You can't be in the present if you're in the circle of self-talk, but mm. you can't get out of this. You can't make your way to the present through the circle of self-talk, right? Yeah. So the key there is to tune into your senses. So that means, yes, like get into a really, um, go, go outside your house, go to a coffee shop or something and sit down and make a brainstorm list of everything you ever wanted to try, everything you loved as a kid. Just, or you could do a, a not do list. These are the, this is the no list. I am not going to do this anymore. I'm not going to just volunteer for things I don't want to do. And this is, you know, X, Y, and Z. So you can create just your likes and dislikes. Um, if you're a person who's a really like a social person, grab a friend and do it together. Mm, I like that. Okay. So you're making a list of just little things that you would want to do, which if you're looking for a new career, they may have to do with that, but they may not. Like it sounds like you could still just go to the movie or like go to a new exercise class or go explore a new place. Like it doesn't sound like it has to do with the thing that you're wanting to change. Is that true? Well, the career thing is a little bit trickier. Uh, so it's moving from what do other people think I should do? What do I think I should do? What's the programming here? You know, is my value as a human based on the amount of money that I made? How do I prove my worthiness? And so many people are stuck in that. How do I prove my worthiness? And this is the opportunity in life to really figure out like who you are outside of all those voices because the reality is you can stay up at night and have your house be perfectly clean in the morning you can um, be a minimalist you can strive for this idea of what you should be doing and it will never lead you to joy because you're always seeking the outside measurement as opposed to the inside measurement i love that that's good. Um, and I, it's and so true. And maybe something we just have to be open to having again and again. I mean, I feel like there's, it's probably layers of an onion, right? Like at these different stages of transition. Cause I feel like a lot of moms in their younger 
in the, when their kids are younger, if they've decided to do something different than be at work the whole day, like they've already done something that was based on what they wanted. Right. And so I think maybe then it's like, guess what? We're good enough that we can have permission to do it again. <laughs> and again, probably, because it probably happens more than once in our long lives. More than I couldn't even give myself permission with those three little kids to let my mother-in-law, who I dearly love, come and help me out. So I, you know, where did that belief come from? That right. I had to do it myself, that I had to prove something. And so we go through these beliefs and we say no to support and never bring that belief up to a conscious level and say like, where did this come from? Is this true? Like, what if I did it differently? What would that look like? So it, this, it's, um, when you're in a kayak, you're not just balancing to one side one time. It's a constant kind of adjustment yeah. to, keep that, to keep that on level stand. And that's what moving through into a new understanding of yourself is like too. It's a constant state of evaluation and adjustment, but the, the through line is that you're paying attention to what you like. So let me ask you a question. When you eat well, when you eat fruits and vegetables, how does your body feel? When you eat a bag of Cheetos, how does your body feel? Right. You know the difference Yeah. because you've developed awareness around that. When you get a good night's sleep, how does your whole day go versus when you don't get a good night's sleep? So it's just paying attention to how you're moving through life. And when you're feeling really crummy, you can say, huh, I'm feeling crummy right now. And when you get to a level where your kids are a little bit older, you can have the luxury to say, how can I shift this? Like, I don't have to ignore this. I don't have to deny this icky feeling. I can take some time away or whatever. And actually, I think that's really important because I think one of the things we do when our kids are young is that we're always the person who shows up with the smile on our face. And basically what we're doing in that situation isn't being these great, joyful people. We're suppressing an emotion <laughs> in the name of being a mom. And so I think some of the what we have to come to realize in any transition is that uncomfortable actually is good, right? Like uncomfortable is what we're, we're supposed to be to make a change. It is uncomfortable. And if we're constantly trying to make ourselves comfortable, we're probably not moving in the direction that we need to. Cause on the other side of uncomfortable is, is joy, but we just have to get through all those questions of ourselves. Right. Right. And that's why you hire a personal trainer. Right. <laughs> you realize that your muscles are just waking up, right? Right. right. <laughs> you got to keep going. <laughs> so, or if you're training for a marathon, you hire a coach to help you understand the logistics of it. So having someone along to, the, to witness your process and help you through it, a coach or a, a good friend who's really non-judgmental and listening where you're on the journey together, it's what you need to to get to that different place yeah not your spouse yeah. i just have to say that as a psa not, <laughs> not your spouse That's no don't, don't organize it a different way <laughs> don't organize with your spouse either sometimes <laughs> i work with couples and i'll put i'll put one person in one room and the other person in another room and yeah. they work simultaneously but not at the same way okay so with this person in mind can we go back to those three things of information or 
is that what it was information or skills, skills stuff, stuff and, and help. support yeah and help and support yeah yeah mm-hmm. so let's go back to those three a little bit and just talk through in this situation what we're talking about with those things okay so what skills do they need in order to 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 figure out what their desires are yeah what would you say interesting let's see um (laughs) (laughs) put you on the spot well i think we'd want well i think you just shared a bunch right of just the skill of being able to go in and ask yourself questions objectively um and really be comfortable with your feelings whether they're good or whether they're bad um probably what else i guess that goes along with understanding your desires right that's similar it does. I think, so I think, you know, we often will have something happen and then we create a story about it. And the story is a carryover from all the other things that happen to us in life. And it's our way to make sense of, of things. So a friend calls and says, um, whatever, I don't want to go to lunch with you. I'm sick. And you're like, oh, people are, she's rejecting me. This is personal. And there's no awareness that that it may be not about you at all. So when you have a situation where you're continuously telling the same story, creating some awareness, creating the pause, creating the quietness allows, it's the first thing. It's the separation of the stimulus and the response. Um, I just lost my train of thought. It's okay. Well, and in my world, <laughs> that's a scheduling thing because yeah. I think we always think mm-hmm. that when we are planning our lives, we're planning like the the action like we're planning the to do and to me the pause is just as much of the action if not more sometimes and so Amen, sister <laughs> i'm like 100% about like 24 hour planning so that like you get the right amount of sleep you like have quiet time and you're not always going and sometimes we need to like even flip flop the calendar maybe in transitions we do where it's really like of our time is doing and 80% of our time is being or sleeping or, you know, like writing or doing things that are really restorative. um, So we can hear. Right. So using a a physical tool like scheduling. So for example, you could make it a challenge for yourself to try one new thing every day for 30 days or seven days. And it could be something that's very novel. Like you could get a temporary tattoo (laughs) <laughs> Feel that from the, the old craft room cabinet that needs to be cleaned out and put that on and see how long it is before someone notices. Like you could go one. around talking with a fake French accent. You could burst out in song in the grocery store. Oh my gosh. Like all of this stuff is like, Oh no, you're not going to make me do that. I know. Right. But, I would but die. the point, the point of all of this, you're getting out of your comfort zone. And when you get out of your comfort zone, you start to think differently you start to think in more novel ways. And so your universe expands because the truth is this process needs some spaciousness and um, an expansive thinking. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm so grateful for all the support and coaching and whatnot I have right now because it's I can see like this, I'm using my hands and no one can see me, but I can see this like up and down of motherhood. Like I can see when I first was, had all these, had three little kids and I was just had no freaking idea what I was doing and I was scared. And then I got to this like high of like, I was quite comfortable and like, I probably would have gone into the grocery store and sang probably just because I was so sleep deprived. 
And then you get these teenagers who are constantly looking at you and like, are you kidding me? You're the most embarrassing person I've ever been with. And then it's like you change again. So I can see at that point where like they're going, like, you know, there's all these different levels. Like I can see how you've almost been like brought down to another level by the time they go off. And you know, you're not at that point where you're going to sing in the grocery store. Oh, I don't know. I tell my kids I had to sign a contract before I left the hospital that I would embarrass them. So. <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> so they just roll their eyes. They okay, so that's, that's about gathering information. And for the most part, that's less, that's definitely sounds like it's hundred percent, not about information that you're going to get from outside of you and more from this list you're going to create of it's information you're collecting data you're collecting based on how you feel around certain situations. You could certainly probably create that list with a friend if it felt. So you, right. So if you're, if you're a person who's a people person, make sure that all of your actions, well, not all of them, but involve other people. This does yeah. not need to be a solitary process, even if it's a uh, introspective one. The other thing you can do is to create situations that you're going to react to. So actually organizing a, a drawer or uh, going through your closet or whatever, those are going to naturally bring up some of these um, opportunities to shift. Shall I say it that way? <laughs> You're like being tested. Yeah. It, yeah. it gets you to notice uh, and it pushes some buttons. And so then you have a, you begin to have a choice point, but to see it like you would. I like a, that a choice uh, point. I just want to yeah. pause on that for a second. A choice point. That's a good thing. Like, Think of yourself like an anthropologist studying yourself in the wild, right? You're hiding <laughs> behind the grasses with your eyeglasses and your spy glasses and you're seeing, you know, that's that observer. So you can almost imagine yourself stepping back and depersonalizing it. And then that is the depersonalization. The awareness is what allows you to see that there's even a choice because when it happens so automatically, it doesn't feel like a choice. It just okay. feels like you're kind of, a victim or you can't change anything. Got it. And what would be some examples of things if you're wondering about work or career that you could add into this phase? So it would be, what are the things that you most love about your job? What are the things you dislike? What do you procrastinate on doing? Procrastination is such a good um, way to notify yourself of mixed feelings or just dreaded tasks. Yeah. Uh, so tuning in. And then into, you're probably talking yeah. to a bunch of people about different situations or trying different things and seeing what you like. Well, you know, if you're drilling it down and you're finding out what do you love, like what drew you to this in the first place? What's the thing that you would feel like you're getting away with something to get paid to do? Right. Okay. And my, the, the, the woo side of me would say that if you're really doing that work and you're really actively discovering um, the thing, you'll start to get like other things will start to come your way, like other opportunities. And you'll be like, oh, that has one of the qualities, but not the other yeah. one. And you're like, then you'll start to test it. Yes. And oh, this, this reminds me of how I even got into this. Would you like to know? Yes. Organizing. So I was an at-home mom. And there was a show on at the time on HGTV called Mission Organization. Mm -hmm. And at that point, I had my master's in English and we had two children and I was like, okay, we're, 
we're going to either move and have another kid or, or what am I going to do? I had a whole file drawer filled with my research. Was I going to get my PhD? And I wasn't going to move that all those files, but I didn't know what I was going to do for a career. So it was like, do I keep it just in case or do I let go of it and take a risk? And I got two file cabinet drawers down to like four inches, uh, one, one file. Within three weeks, we had bought and sold a house and gotten pregnant. And I had seen the show Mission Organization, which I had been watching all along. But I was like, wait a minute. I think I might be good at that. Those are some things I'm drawn to. And when this is, I see this again and again, when you have a closed fist holding tightly onto what you think you want or what you're scared to let go of, you do not have an open hand to receive new blessings. Mm. So letting go at least even a little bit and trusting that you'll be able to see what's next is, um, is part of this. Interesting. I like that. And so the letting go in that case, so it's interesting because the letting go in that case has to do with the letting go of the things that you were attached to around that issue. So around your career in that case, right? All these files. Um, so in other somebody else's, it might be like their inventory or, mm-hmm. you know, their computer mm-hmm. full of files that they haven't made a book out of yet or whatever, you know, like all the things. And the reality was that I knew, I knew at a deep level that I was not going to pursue that, but I didn't have a replacement. So that's where it felt very, made me feel uneasy. Um, however, I followed it through. It's another thing I have in my book. I call it the zombie apocalypse. Um, which basically just means, you know, what's the worst case scenario. So I said, what would I do if I changed my mind and I decided to pursue a PhD? Well, I would do new research. Like that's still going to be in my brain. It's not like I couldn't recover. So what I saw was that I could be resilient and resourceful, which we all are. We don't get to this point in our lives without being resilient and resourceful. So we can find a way through anything. And by going to that what if place and seeing, being reminded of that resourcefulness and resilience, um, I was able to kind of take the bridge over to the unknown. I love that. All right. So that I think is awesome and should be plenty of information for anyone to go down that like skills information (laughs) way. And I feel like we'd also did some stuff things. Although when would you suggest that we don't start with stuff? Like when would you suggest that like stuff isn't part of the equation yet? All right. Here's, here's my uh, golden wisdom. Don't start with paper unless you really want to be unhappy. Because paper is a thankless, horrible, awful task for most people. Like some people love getting rid of paper. You think about like a, a ream of papers, 500 sheets. Yep. That's 500 decisions. Yeah. And you're like, I didn't even make a dent. Right. And then, it, but you're exhausted because you made 500 decisions. So when you start decluttering, start with the things that you are easy. You could go around with the trash bag and just, you know, find 15 pieces of trash every day or 15 things to donate and pick at it that way. So it's almost like you're picking on the things you know for sure you're not interested in. 
Uh, and then as you get to the through the work a bit more, you can uh, approach those things you're ambivalent about. Got it. And it sounds like like how I think about actually uh, sort of food and work and wellness. And th- there's like a circle, like you're kind of, you're like doing some decluttering and then you're doing some living and being and thinking. And then you're like coming around, like, can I ask for some support for something? So it almost feels like cyclical. Like it's not like these are three steps that you're doing sequentially. You're kind of like dabbing and you're moving through each one at different levels. And then you're ready to declutter different things after you do a different amount of like inside decluttering, right? Is that, is that how you see it? It's, I mean, all change happens in the way you just described all lasting change. The people who win the lottery and all of a sudden become rich are going to still be using the mindset um, beliefs that they had when they were not rich. So they lose their, lose their lottery winnings a, a year later, or maybe even are, are less um, wealthy than they were before. Uh, so all of these incremental changes, small upgrades, are the way that you go. It's the way you, you process internally. So it is the way. Doing the little things, it all, all adds up. But you can think of it another way. So let's think that you know, if you went to on a trip, and I said, pack the suitcase. I'm taking you on a mystery trip. How would you know what to pack? Right? If I said, oh, you're going to the beach, then you can make better decisions. But if you don't know where you're headed, um, you don't know what to pack. So then you tend to bring along just in case things. So there, that visioning is a really important piece of it. Got it. Because it sounded like when I read what you wrote that you – I mean, I know that what you do is decluttering, but it almost sounded like you were talking about which stuff you actually need for this adventure, right? Absolutely. It's yeah. logistical, right? If you've right. got three kids, you're going to need, you know, who are young, you're going to need three car seats. And if you've got three car seats, you need a car that's big enough to have three car seats across. So there's definitely logistical aspects that you can use as your way in to figuring things out. Got it. Okay. And then let's, before we wrap up quickly touch on support, because that was your third one. So I know that moms in general are awful. We're awful about asking for help. And I've noticed it in myself all the time. Like I'm very good at, I'm actually pretty good at this point. Like I've toughened the muscle of like paying for help um, and getting support in terms of, you know, coaching and, but I think I, I a little bit started doing that just because I was asking people to pay me. So I felt like I should be paying other people. Um, I've, I, you know, initially with kids was very good about, you know, when I needed to work, having help with the kids and not trying to work while they were like running circles around me. Um, but just the other day, my husband's like, you're sick. Let me make food. And I was like, oh no, I can do it. Don't worry. And like, meanwhile, like I was sick. Like I could have been in bed. Like he was giving me Literally, he was giving me an invitation to just go lie down, which is really all I wanted to do in that moment. And I was, you know, said no. And it's so interesting how we just constantly, it's not that we're not even only not asking for help, we're not taking support when we're given it. Yes. So here's what I say. Don't call yourself a giver if you can't give to yourself. (laughs) I love that. That's awesome. And that's going to sound like some tough talk to people who are like, oh, I'm so generous. I'm always giving. But if you can't give to yourself, then that's a problem. 
because you can ask for all the good things in the world, but if you can't receive it, if you can't even take a compliment, how do you expect to receive all the, the joy that's right there? That's like already there in your life. Yeah. So that's, that's an important piece of, of the puzzles, learning to receive and feeling like you're worthy because yeah. you are worthy. Totally. Everyone listening is worthy. And actually one of the questions, it's funny because a lot of our words are the same, but in the flow planner, the whole 90 days always starts with how do you want to feel? In fact, I think there's some question along that line around every day actually that you fill out. And then every week it's always, there's the question of what do you want to give? And then a separate question of what do you want to receive? Um, because very often I feel like even with what we're giving, we're not giving what we're wanting to give. We're giving other things and then we're not even able to give when it's the thing that we want to give. Um, so I just think those questions are so important for us to regularly ask ourselves and they constantly stump women all the time. Like, what do you mean? What do you mean receive? Right. So there's a lot of unconscious beliefs there. And I absolutely love that your planner asks those questions because when you're doing the work, the daily work on these questions, then that's creating awareness. And pretty soon you're along the way. So I love that as a tool yeah. for self-development. That's easy. It's just integrated. Yeah. Just ask yourself the question. All right. Well, tell everybody how they can find you and your amazing work and all that stuff, what we should be looking for. So go to greenlightorganizing.com. And I've got um, a new offer that's coming out, um, 31 Ways to Let Go of Sentimental Items, which is one that I get asked about a lot. But uh, there's lots of information there, info about my book, info about working with me uh, in coaching. And I just love helping women to live their best lives. I know you do too, don't awesome. you? Uh, it's of course, it's the best. <laughs> Well, if we're yeah. going to change the world, which we're supposed to, according to the Dalai Lama, then, you know, we need to be able to step up and, and feel all our feelings and, and really step up into our fullest selves. So that's right. So the work we got to do in 2020. So thank you so much for being here today. Oh, thanks for having me. At the end of every episode, we always choose three doable changes so you can take what you've heard and put it into action because action is where big change happens. And here's the cool thing. The action itself doesn't have to be huge. It can be little and it can be doable and it can add up over time. So after each conversation, we always choose three doable changes so you can take what you've heard and really go with it. We do this not so that you tackle all three things at once, but so that you pick one thing, one thing only, and play with that thing for the week. We just want to make sure that we give you some different ones so that you can pick the one that resonates most with you. Okay? One thing. I promise. One thing a week for 52 weeks, and you have some big change in your life. All right, here's doable change number one from this episode. Tune into your desires. If you are taking care of others, which I think a lot of us are, it can be easy to lose sight of what you really want. So instead, as you go through your day, ask yourself, do I like this? Do I want this? And start by noticing, just noticing what the answer is. 
And then as you start doing this, try saying yes to something that you actually really want, because so often we say yes to all the things that we don't really want and see how that really feels. Now, you could remind yourself of these questions by saving them as a prompt on your phone. So that every time you look at your phone, it's like, you know, do I like this? Do I want this? You could put little note cards or post-its to remind yourself um, to, to just really ask yourself these questions. Or you can remember the questions and then either in the beginning of the day or the end of the day, maybe you do a little journaling so that you can really tap into the feeling of this and really start to learn from what your own desires are. Great doable change. Okay, doable change number two, get out of your comfort zone. Challenge yourself to do one new thing every day for a week. You could do something like wear a temporary tattoo was one of Kate's ideas or burst into song in the grocery store. I think maybe one day I have to challenge myself on that one because I have had that inkling that I should do this and I've never done that. Whatever it is, but the goal is to move out of your comfort zone and notice what happens to the way you think. And it's scary to move out of your comfort zone, but it's so cool to see how your thinking changes when you actually get into action outside of your comfort zone. So, so often we're held back by fear, but we're not even doing, we're not even doing this one doable change. We're not even moving or getting out of our comfort zone. We're thinking and we're getting scared of our thoughts. So getting out of your comfort zone in real life is a way to get out of our thoughts and into action in our worlds in a little bit maybe of a risky way. This is one I might actually try to play with. Okay, number three, check your zombie apocalypse. I like that one. What's the worst case scenario? If you are feeling stuck about letting go of something or maybe making a big decision, then ask yourself, what is the worst case scenario? So often we don't even go there, right? We just have this inkling that it's going to be bad and we don't actually think of what the worst case scenario could be. So think about how you could handle that, how you would handle that worst case scenario And so does it change how you feel about the letting go or the decision that you're having to make? So really think through this and figure out, you know, what you're holding on to that you don't need to, or what you actually really want to hold on to because you've thought about this zombie apocalypse. I like that one. All right, y'all, that was our three doable changes for this episode. I cannot wait to hear what you're up to next week, what doable change that you are tackling. Remember, we also have this layer of foundational doable changes that we're sharing every Monday. So tap into that, tune into that. If you haven't done so yet, you can do that by downloading the planning packet 
at plansimple.com slash simplify2020. And if you've made it this far and you've loved what you've heard, one of the best things you can do for us is go rate and review this podcast. When you do that, it helps us show up in searches so that other people can find this content. All right. I will see you on the next episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. Bye for today. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Plan Simple Podcast. If you loved what you heard, the biggest compliment you can give is to share the podcast with a friend. And if you really loved what you heard, if you want to go onto iTunes and subscribe, rate, and review, that really helps us get the best guests we can and improve the podcast so that we're serving up exactly what you want to hear. I will see you on the next episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. Bye for now.